Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the UX world. Today's episode is all about voice game design. This is something that we've kind of touched upon a little bit in previous episodes. We've never got down into the detail of game design, so this is going to be an immensely episode, an immensely interesting episode for anybody who is interested in game design, uh, who is wanting to get into the kind of whole space, or if you just like playing voice games. And this will be a really good insight into how. How it all hangs together and how it's all happening behind the scenes. Um, our guest today, a very special guest indeed, he is immensely passionate about the whole audio game and voice game experience. He's a voice game developer himself. He's been putting a lot of content out there and probably the only person who I've seen putting out content purely focusing on voice games and voice game design. So this is going to be an immense episode. Our guest today is Florian Halland. Hello there, Florian. Hello, Kane. I'm very, very honoured to be on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. And I say us because we're also joined by Dustin Coates. Hello there, Dustin. Hey, everyone. This is going to be a great episode. Really looking forward to it. Fantastic. Have you ever de- developed any voice games, Dustin? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm I'm more on the the business focus uh, focus side. I like prefer to play the games than to create them. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. So, Florian, should we get started? Should we just do a little bit of your background and tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the whole voice game thing? Yes, yes, sure. Um, I'd love to. Um, I think I'll give you the, the three minute version. That yes. <laughs> um, so um, I didn't start out um, studying game design or anything. I um, started um, by studying biology and pursuing an academic career um, in um, bioinformatics or computational biology. Um, started a PhD doing some big data stuff and um, uh, graph modeling. Um, but, um, you know, after some times of some months, this got really boring. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this kind of, anyway, I, I kind of dropped out um, after um, some months. And um, from then, from this point on, uh, my career got a bit co- uh, colorful. Um, I was doing um, some months of um, sales for a biotechnology company. Um, and then got into email marketing, um, which is um, the field um, in which I've been working for the last um, four years. Um, so far, first in technical support, later um, kind of um, solution consultant, and then switching sides and doing technical um, email marketing manager for a family shopping online retailer. Um, yeah, and um, right now um, this is a um, uh, professional background is taking me um, to be part of um, Jobo starting in April, which I'm really um, happy and excited about. Um, by the time this podcast um, comes out, it, it will already have happened. Woo! <laughs> yes. um, and on the same time, um, I have also been uh, had several hobbies. Um, so um, I've got a, kind of a new hobby every half a year. I have um, been doing trampoline jumping and baking bread and um, self-quantification, coaching, all kinds of stuff. Um, but there are some hobbies um, or interests that have been with me a long time. Um, one is um, in psychology. Uh, I'm really interested in um, how people perceive the world, how they make decisions. 
It's a good. It's a good interest to have for um, for the whole kind of voice design thing, isn't it? Psychology kind of yes, plays yes, a large yes. part in all in all of this kind of stuff. Exactly. This is um, all feeds um, into this uh, um, uh, um, how I came um, to voice design. It's a psychology uh, um, trail as well, um, and it's also um, the language um, thing. Um, I've also been interested in la languages. I um, started learning kind of dozens, uh, one dozen of uh, languages. Um, only ended up um, speaking three or four. Um, <laughs> only, only, I can barely speak one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, um, all, all of those things kind of coalesced or um, converged um, into um, this is a um, hobby of um, developing chatbots um, about one year ago. Uh, all right. So you started yeah. off doing on, on the chatbot side of things. Yes, exactly. Uh, um, I started um, developing chatbots for um, Telegram and Facebook Messenger, um, mostly um, psychology-based um, chatbots. Um, so the one uh, um, I built first um, was um, doing coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. Because um, from the beginning on, I was thinking, well, how how can I um, somehow provide value um, to the users? Uh, um, what um, got me first? Um, and there were three things out there that really inspired me. Um, one was um, uh, how chatbots um, brought value by conversation. Uh, I mean, um, you've personally met um, Steve Worswick, um, created um, the Mitsuku chatbot. Um, and he regularly uh, um, shares um, on his Twitter account, for example, um, a mail he got um, by his users um, who really take comfort in a chatbot um, and having conversations with him, feeling like this chatbot really understands them and um, gives them some company. Like, wow, this yeah. is um, the kind of uh, value that I want to provide uh, with my software products. Um, and another um, inspiration um, I had um, for providing value with chatbots um, was um, Alison Darcy uh, um, with um, Wobot. Uh, um, I think she was also at the London meetup uh, um, that you've attended. Yes, uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we I don't think I met her. I had to dart off um, quite quite soon as soon as it finished. But yeah, I, I recognize the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, um, this is a um, chatbot that is all about. Um, asking the user on a daily basis how it feels, what activities it did today in order to track down um, some um, maybe habits that they had um, that were um, connected to how, how good or bad um, they felt. Like, wow, really cool. And um, the third thing that inspired me to go into this direction um, was um, that I've um, just read a book about coaching. And I mean, coaching is something that you um, really think about as something that has a lot to do with empathy, with wisdom, with actually um, connecting to and understanding people. Like, well, let's try to do this with a chatbot. Uh, a very intuitive thought, but uh, what brought me to it um, was that I read that even um, um, those people, um, they use some um, kind of a um, patterned um, conversation um, to get their coaches to the point of, of um, admitting um, that they need to make a decision um, to break some habit or um, become some obstacle um, to improve their lives. Like, okay, let, let's try to, to uh, reproduce this pattern or this kind of algorithm um, with a chatbot. Um, yeah. This, well, uh, long story short, this, this um, really didn't um, work out um, for one reason, because um, this, this um, chatbot um, was really not really able to be robust. 
um, towards um, all the real life actual conversation or things that people would ask it, but also because the use case is totally wrong. Uh, I mean, if people actually need uh, um, real life advice, they would never turn to a chatbot. Yeah. So how yeah. how how did you? Did, was that a realization you came to, or was that something that you found out through, you know, doing it and speaking to people who are use, who were using it or not, or or what? How did you kind of realize that? Well, I didn't realize it from the beginning. I mean, um, I invested uh, um, weeks and months of my life into building that chatbot. It's still one of the most complex things I've ever built. Um, but um, yeah, uh, just um, when I was um, launching it and trying it out um, with um, different people, um, I mean, I just never um, exited to the beta test um, stage. Um, you can't uh, like test it um, really, except if you go to my GitHub page and download it um, yourself. And yeah, this has got me thinking, how else can I provide value? And this was about um, the time when I um, discovered Alexa skills. I was intrigued by it. It's like, okay, don't want to do um, the same thing all over again and try to build an Alexa um, skill uh, um, coaching bot. Well, actually, I, I developed one. <laughs> but just um, because it was, was easily feasible and this was a good um, project for starters. Um, but um, one other thing that I had in mind on how I could provide value was actually playing games. Um, because the use case I had in mind um, were elderly people. Um, they had in mind um, that they may, might um, be in a nursery home or uh, maybe at home and um, maybe might want to do something other else than a crossword. Um, I think like, what would my grandmother um, like to do with me if I were, were there and um, could provide her company? It was, um, would um, probably be um, playing cards. I mean, I, I'm not talking about uh, poker or blackjack. It's, it's more, um, in, in the UK, do you play um, Crazy Aids? Do you know uh, that I don't. I don't think so. Tell, tell us, oh. how, how would you play that? Um, well, in Germany, in Germany, it's called Mau Mau. It's a shedding type um, card game. Um, so um, you have a number of players, and each of the players has um, seven cards on their hand, and there is one off card in the middle. And um, whenever you have one card um, that matches either the color or either the suit or the value um, of the off card, um, you can discard um, the card um, and row wise. And if you can't discard the card, you have to take a new one. Um, and um, yeah, well, that's basically the game. It's, it's really not something exciting, but uh, but it's um, kind of entertaining and so easy that you can play it with children and everyone. Yeah. Um, and um, it's like, well, let's try to do um, this as a game, um, so that um, the old ladies or old gentlemen um, could um, play this um, at home or in their nursery homes. Um, yeah, and then I set, I set out to build it. And also, um, also invested um, two or three months into building it. Um, but it turned out that I really enjoyed it and um, that it um, had a lot of challenges um, that I uh, enjoy tackling. Um, for example, um, how to, to make it not sound um, robotic and to make it uh, repeat itself all over, how to build um, proper grammar into it. Um, and that, um, such um, kind of things. And um, then I launched it and um, took off um, really well. This was um, so far the most successful game that I developed. Um, so for, uh, some, for some weeks, it was uh, like among the top 15 um, games in the German um, games um, skill category. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, like uh, this was a huge boost of motivation um, that I myself, as, as just a hobby software developer, um, could um, do such, such a game and um, actually reach um, uh, thousands of um, people with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who played it. I don't um, actually know if, if um, the um, actual elderly people played it or not. Um, the, re- the reviews I got on um, uh, Amazon um, are rather from from young people, but maybe this is just kind of confirmation bias because those are the ones um, that uh, give reviews on Amazon. Um, but anyway, um, this really got me get, um, encouraged um, to um, explore this uh, space some more. Wicked. So that was your first game, <clears throat> um, and maybe we'll come on to some of them challenges so uh in, in a little while that was that was kind of your first game and then where uh-huh. did it go from where did it go from there then after after that game um after um, this game i mean this, this game um, was um, so successful i figured out um because um it's a game that is really well known in germany and then a lot of people would be interested in playing it um, but it's actually not a, gra- a ga- game that is really well suited um, for voice first or voice only interface. Um, so I um, explored um, dice games next um, because there you wouldn't have um, cards to remember each with a suit and a value, um, but they just have a, um, a face. Uh, I mean, uh, you can just um, sum up um, the uh, the eyes of the of the dice and. Um, implemented um, some kind of a um, blackjack game with dice, um, which um, yeah, I think um, this is um, actually so far um, the, the best um, game I've built. Um, but it um, has by now it's actually dead. Nobody plays it anymore. Um, yeah, it has a huge um, discoverability issue. Um, it, um, it really can't be found. I, I named it um, Black Dice, or no, I named it like Black Twelve. Um, and um, re- the name doesn't seem to be suggestive enough um, so that people would would um, view it and, and um, know that it's fun. But actually, um, from from a game um, mechanics and, and um, engagement perspective, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, so, and then after that, um, well, then there are some some other um, games that I want to um, talk so much about. There's one um, with um, cards um, where you com- have a pairwise comparisons of cards and have to guess um, if your card is better or, or in which category your card is um, better than the, the one that Alexa has. And um, just recently, um, I'm in uh, exploring the, the the whole field of management simulation games. I've tried to build one and then uh, documented, wrote about this on, on Medium, but I kind of abandoned it because um, the concept wasn't really good. But right now I'm um, developing another one on, um, in this um, regard and hope that the concept is better. And um, what's a management simulation game? With management simulation game, I mean, um, are you aware of, of um, Yes Sire, um, for example? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, I love that one. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, yes. Um, I would call a management simulation game a game where you have um, some um, kind of uh, entity, might even be a person, and you have to make um, the um, decisions um, for them in order to um, kind of to make it grow um, in um, some way. 
Uh, um, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's um, uh, I would, um, it's somehow similar um, to an interactive um, story game because um, you also um, have control over um, either um, um, with either um, a person or um, some entity. Um, but um, you um, basically would you have to do the same decisions all over again. Whereas in an interactive story game, um, you do different decisions um, in every turn. Yeah. And are you building the games that you want to play or are you building the games that you think the community wants to play? How are you deciding which game types or which games to build next? Uh, I'm kind of... Um, following um, the... I'm kind of deciding um, by what I'm intrigued about. Um, I think um, what if, if I would... Um, Personally, what I think um, would be most played, I, I guess I would maybe do trivia quiz games or something, but um, this is something that is technically uh, um, not um, really interesting to me. Um, so um, right now I'm, I'm trying to explore um, how complex uh, um, games can actually be while still being engaging. Um, and um, so um, this um, uh, category of uh, management simulation games is a category that, that um, really moves on this borderland um, between engagement and um, too complex. Mm. What are some of the, from what you've seen so far, and that was thanks for, for putting all that in perspective there, by the way, to, to go through all of the games that you've kind of developed, that really kind of helps paint a picture for, you know, for the listeners in terms of your experience in building games. What from from what you've been working on and, and more recently, the, was, is this the, the music manager one you've been talking about just then? Is that the, the, the post on Medium about the music management game? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what are some of these kind of, um, you mentioned about trying to push it as far as it can go technically to make a complex game while still being engaging. What are some of those technical challenges that you've come up against and that you've found? Um. Well... The, the technical challenges are kind of all manage, uh, manageable. Um, I mean, um, the uh, biggest challenge that I found for myself um, that, um, that that's um, really kind of posing a limit um, to which kind of games I can produce is how much content I can provide. I mean, I'm not um, actually a, a, a screenwriter or I'm, in, I'm not so, so much of a creative person in, in um, this um, kind of regard of mm -hmm. making up stories or people or events. Mm -hmm. um, and um, this last game um, that I had in mind with the music, it relied heavily on content. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, some people are, are good at, at uh, making content. Um, for example, um, Yes Sire, we're talking about that one. Mm -hmm. um, this is based 100% on content. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, um, every every round it consumes one piece of content, um, and um, this is um, kind of the game I would not, I couldn't do. Um, I would be interested in doing it um, in collaboration with someone who had that kind of skill set. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if I'm thinking about what games I could produce, I more try to think of uh, cards like card games uh, where you have to make the same decision all over. Um, but um, with conditions that um, vary in a kind of numerical or configuration-wise sense mm -hmm. and still be interesting. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and you've been doing a one game a month challenge. 
Oh. Do, you want, do you want to tell us a little bit about how that's going <laughs> and what it is? <laughs> oh yeah, good call, good call. <laughs> uh, I really ha haven't been uh, um, all that um, faithful in, in that one, but uh, I really love the concept of it. Uh, I mean, this is um, really the, um, a challenge that I think is uh, would be very healthy to do. It's kind of a new re new year um, resolution. Uh, um, yeah. Um, so what this challenge is about is um, that. Um, each month um, for maybe 12 months or um, however long um, you, th um, you want, um, you would produce um, one game. And um, this, um, the, the inventor of this, um, Chris Kaitilla, I think, um, I think his Twitter handle is McFunkyPants. That's easier to remember. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> a really, really cool guy. Um, he runs that website where you can get, um, sign up. It's, it's uh, completely gamified. You can earn badges. There's a leaderboard and everything. Um, for this one um, game a month challenge, and he sets up um, one team um, for each month um, um, that you can follow. And in February it was music, and uh, um, I thought about uh, which uh, music game I could produce. Ultimately failed, um, but uh, um, still learned uh, um, quite a lot of a lot of the progress. Um, in March, uh, um, I haven't been uh, following um, this um, contest so much. Um, because I needed to um, maintain uh, my Crazy Eights game um, a bit, um, because how is it even called? Uh, the is it called Voice Labs? Yeah, I think it's called Voice Labs. Um, the um, analytics um, service um, was discontinuing their services um, now. Yeah, um, and um, my game was running with um, Voice Labs, um, so I had to. Uh, make some changes in order to make it um, robust and uh, um, not to uh, get a lot of um, error messages um, once um, yeah, um, this is um, service finally um, uh, discontinued. And yeah, uh, now in April, I started um, developing a new game and it's um, kind of, um, I'm not um, sticking to the, uh, the theme um, set out um, by the contest, but I still hope to um, produce, uh, to have it um, finished by the end of April. That's also a good um, part of the game that it actually sets you a deadline. It's like, okay, don't continue uh, um, improving it um, forever and ever, but here's the end of the month, and by the end of the month, you should have it um, finished. Which in the voice world means you should have um, finished it one week um, or one and a half week before the end of the month um, so that they can still get it published by the end of the month because certification uh, um, take, takes a while and uh, um, there might be some iterations. Yeah, I, th I heard someone say the certification is getting up to about three weeks now, is it? Really? Yeah, that's... I've never had three weeks. Um, I mean, the longest I think I had was um, one and a half weeks. All right. That seems like a pretty tight timescale to work within then. To to get a game kind of conceptualised, kind of built, tested, and then certified and published in a space of four weeks is a pretty pretty ambitious, that's a that tight timescale, isn't it? Yeah, true, true. Um, with the with the game I'm producing, um, I think it's um, such such a good idea and such a good uh, such such a good concept um, that I wouldn't uh, um, push myself and actually sacrifice quality um, for the sake of, of um, making the deadline. Um, but um, yeah, maybe that that's an exception. I mean, um, the um, the spirit of the challenge is more that. Uh, um, you shouldn't worry about the quality too much, um, but rather um, focus on your output, and um, do like the um, the eighty twenty thing, 
and um, release again, um, that's good enough. And if you feel that like um, you've really hit on something, um, then you should maybe you shouldn't um, release it too soon and it, um, spend some more time working on it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we kind of discussed some of the games that you've kind of been focusing on in terms of you know. Uh, card games and they've been experimenting with with kind of uh, management games and things like that. What because you've been putting a lot of content out there for uh, you know reviewing other kind of games, uh, which has been really interesting. What you know, give, tell us a little bit about what's possible for people out there who you know haven't created a game yet, but might be interested in in developing a game for the Alexa platform. Can you just speak a little bit about what is possible? What kind of games are out there and which ones kind of interest you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, I would um, categorize um, the games as following. Um, one, I would make um, one bin um, for what I would call um, fact and uh, fact games and sound machines um, that um, basically um, doing one or more sounds or giving um, um, just um, one funny response and then um, that's it. Or maybe have, have a small dialogue, um, but um, not, uh, not being complex enough for an interactive story skill. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is really kind of borderland. Um, you might not even call this game skills, but yeah, there might be a good um, starting point. They're not too bad. I've also um, done um, one or two of those um, just to get this um, developers back. <laughs> Um, and then there's the huge um, category of um, quiz-like games, maybe quiz-like games and guessing games, um, which um, covers um, uh, a huge amount of um, trivia quiz skills. Um, I mean, uh, I, I would guess that maybe 40% of all the games out there are trivia quiz games. Yeah, um, and um, I would also um, uh, lump this in with um, guessing games, um, like um, the the fabulous um, "Would You Rather." Are you are you aware of this game? I love it. I love it so much. Um, but, um, technically, it's very similar to a trivia quiz game. Um, so I would would put them in the same um, category. Um, then um, there's um, card and dice games. Um, and um, the the number one um, ty- uh, um, game that is implemented um, in this category is blackjack. Um, yeah, blackjack is, is um, really popular. I mean, um, there are probably fifty um, blackjack skills out there. I mean, it's a really cool game. It's really really well suited um, for voice. Yeah. Um, then interactive stories. Personal favorite of mine. Uh, not in not in producing because I'm not um, this kind of um, creative person that can do this. I, I admire those um, that can, um, but um, I love consuming them. And I mean, I wrote about them um, uh, quite a bit. So tell us, yeah, I've I've seen the the uh, the few reviews that you've done on uh, on a few of them. A magic door, one of them is it, and yes. the tell is it what is it the selector story. Yes, select so, a story. So, yeah, tell us because I mean I, I've never actually used one of those type of games. I, I, I've played uh, a few games on the Echo on Alexa. One of the, which was the Six Swords one before we int- uh, ah. interviewed George Quinta uh, a few weeks back. So, as someone who hasn't kind of experienced one of those kind of interactive stories, it sounds really interesting. Tell us a little bit about what an interactive story is and how it all works. Um. 
most people are aware of um, this um, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Um, in Germany, that's, um, yeah, we have them in Germany as well, but uh, they're called um, different. Um, and it's it's basically this, um, but in the form of a game. Um, so you have um, some some kind of game world or scenario um, where you have a character, and you guide this character's um, interactions with the world. Um, typically, in the form of decisions you have to make: do you want to do A or do you want to do B? Um, and um, depending on how you decide, you're entering a different um, uh, storyline or a different um, plot line. Um, yeah, and then um, this is um, develops um, over time. And um, yeah, this is um, yeah, this is um, a category that is really, really well suited um, for the voice first um, world. And um, that there are already some really excellent um, skills out there. Um, I mean, um, the, the ones um, we've now been talking about. Um, the, the magic door, the one you mentioned, or um, select a story. Um, they were uh, basically in the, um, developed uh, by um, independent developers. Um, that are, um, I mean, um, Katie Ernst um, did a business around this, um, and um, it's for this level, it's super professional and highly enjoyable to listen to. Um, but there are some out there um, that have really um, the, the uh, all the corporate support. Um, for example, the um, Mr. Robot skill. Um, the daily five nine. This is so immensely professional. Um, yeah, it's with um, the original um, actors' voices, for example. And I mean, um, Kane, I think um, you're also uh, always very much interested in um, how brands might actually um, use um, the uh, voice space to create create engagement and then to, um, use it um, for their for their means. Um, interactive stories um, are um, really big here. Um, I mean, I've, I've um, seen quite some that, um, that are really centered around um, big um, movie franchises. Um, for example, other than that I mentioned, there is one for Batman. It's called the Wayne Investigation, mm -hmm. um, where you can um, explore the murder of um, Bruce Wayne's parents as an interactive story. Ah, that sounds pretty good. Um, was that was that backed by the kind of film? itself like was it uh yes yes i um, think i remember that it was from warner brothers or um yeah but, um, but it, um not 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 a fan uh, um it was called fan art um, thing <laughs> yeah or um there was a movie um dunkirk yes about yeah. the battle of france yeah uh, um, there was also an um, interactive um, story for that one and um I haven't seen the movie, but I think um, these are um, the voice actors are also actors, um, you know, from the game. Um, so the, um, these are really uh, um, great ways to to extend um, this um, story world outward and to, um, to make people interact and engage um, with it more. Wow, there's some really good examples. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware that they were that um, they were doing things like that. That sounds like a really good use of of the kind of voice platforms, isn't it? For obviously promotion but then as you mentioned at the start which is kind of the purpose for you kind of trying to get into this is to add value and that's you know a really kind of good way for for brands and, and content producers to do just that isn't it and if they've got if they've actually got the real actors in there as well i'll have to check those out because that sounds really interesting that yes yeah absolutely i i mean i stopped um, reviewing it, uh, them at some point um because um um in terms of the techniques they use um 
Um, yeah, I think um, I've got um, a lot of um, of it covered, and it, it's it's um, basically the same um, techniques all over. Um, but the content is so fresh and so brilliant; um, it, it's um, just a joy um, yeah, doing this. I mean, uh, <laughs> this has really been uh, kind of a blessing of our family life um, because uh, right now. I always um, look forward um, to when um, the, um, we're doing some washing and I have to hang up um, the washing um, because I can use this time um, to, to consume some, um, you know, I have to, 15 minutes of time uninterrupted and do some, um, some new um, interactive story skills that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like time I could be spending doing that while I'm washing up or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned there that... The, a few of these kind of games have been using some of the same techniques, but maybe he's using slightly different content. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about some of these techniques that, that are at play and that are used to develop these kind of uh, voice-based games? Um, well, the, the, um, there are some, um, some top-level, very general um, techniques, um, but there are some um, that are very specific um, to, to interactive story games. Um, and, um, yeah. Um, this was was what what I had in mind when I said you know, I, I didn't write a new review for the Bain investigation um, because you don't really learn all that much about it anymore if you already know if you've already read my review about um, the Mr. Robot skill, for example. Yeah. Um, so, are are you more interested in the um, the <laughs> let's make this an interactive story game? Do you want to Kane? Do you yeah. want to learn more? <laughs> um, about, uh, yes. for interactive, um, stories or do you want to learn about techniques for building voice games in general Ooh, let's do some ah. techniques for interactive stories first and then we'll do voice games in general after that cool cool <laughs> um, mm. maybe my utterance um, there was a bit too complex was it was that for, for a voice <laughs> system to pick up was I rambling a bit there <laughs> I perfectly captured your intent. <laughs> yeah. You you said the um, interactive story first intent. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's really really fun playing some wizard of Oz. Um, it it uh, depends a lot on um, how much uh, um, content you have and how many um, storylines you have. Um, in the, um, interactive stories. Um, the first thing um, you might um, have in mind um, with interactive stories is um, that you um, start at one point at the beginning and then it branches out and then you can have all different kind of endings um, depending on how you act um, in your world and um, what decisions you make. Um, this uh, might be so, but it um, doesn't necessarily need to be so. There are some um, great um, interactive stories out there just like, for example, the Mr. Robot one, um, that don't branch out all that much. Um, um, you can take different paths, but they all um, have um, um, converge to one single ending, or maybe to, to two the different endings, but they are still highly engaging. Um, and um, there are some um, ways um, to make that possible. Um, for example, um, this is what, what I call the um, fake, uh, fake decisions. Um, we, um, they're about. Do you want? Uh, you need to um, obtain a USB d d um, stick um, from um, someone, 
um, do you want to take um, the bus to his office or do you want to walk to his office? And then depending on what you choose, um, you might have a different um, sub-adventure on the way, um, but um, you still um, arrive at, at the same result. But still, you might be in the, be, um, if the content is good enough, people might um, uh, go through skill again just to see um, what happens when you walk, when you um, took the bus the first time. Yeah. Um, so um, if, if um, you're not up um, for writing um, 10 different endings or 64 different endings, that's a good way um, to uh, um, increase the decision space that you have without um, increasing the story space too much. I would say, yeah. And when you're when you're doing this planning for the story, what do you do? How do you sketch that out and keep that all in mind? Um, well, good question. I've never pre produced an interactive story game. Um, there, uh, Katie Ernst that has a brilliant blog about this. She is a producer of um, interactive story games. And um, she wrote a, a blog article um, about that, um, how you would um, go about it and um, how, um, which steps um, you need to take. Um, yeah. So, how, how do you do this for, for your skills? I imagine in a management game or in a game that you're building, there's going to be different, different branching. Uh, how are you keeping track of that so that your code, your, your interaction flow doesn't get too messy and too hard to understand? Mm. Well, typically the games I program are not like that. Um, with, the, with the games I program, um, it's or the, the games I favor and uh, mostly pro programmed so far, um, you um, sooner or later um, run back to making the same decision all over again, like with, with a card game um, or um, it's the same with a, with a management simulation game. Um, for example, with um, the, with the uh, music band um, game I had, um, each inter uh, well, each round um, was basically: um, Do you want to want your band um, to go training, or do you want them to promote, or do you want them to uh, um, give a concert? Um, and then um, something would happen, and then um, they would either get more famous or more talented or something. But sooner or later, we would get get back into the same decision. Um, so this. Uh, um, and um, there are certainly some different ways um, the user can interact and, and um, ask different things. But um, in the end, um, it always um, comes back into um, the same um, situation. So this kind of keeps the complexity in check. It's, it's not like you have an explosion of, of um, uh, branchings and possibilities where all of this can go. Mm. Cool. Um, so one, so that's you mentioned there then some of the... Um, that was quite an interesting insight in terms of the interactive stories where a decision is made, but you end up at the same point and then people come back potentially again to try and go down that second route to see if anything's different. That was quite a, um, an interesting insight there. So you can keep the same kind of storyline, but you can potentially veer you know, the, the methods in which you kind of go down in order to get to that kind of point. Um, some of the things... Um, you'd mentioned in and this might even touch upon some of what Dustin was asking just then your article that recipe for a great voice first interactive story and we'll kind of link to that um in the show notes you mentioned there that in there that you you would need before you do this you need some writing capacity which you mentioned because creating uh -huh. content for this stuff um is obviously going to be quite an overhead um 
But then you do start kind of going into referencing things like defining the shape of the story graph, um, you know, and the different kind of choices that you would make, and you've kind of mapped out a few of the, you know, decision trees and options. Is is that what kind of if you were gonna do an interactive story, would that would that be kind of what you would recommend doing in terms of like process mapping this whole thing out? Well, yes. Um, I mean, um, at, at some point, um, it's it's good to have. Um, a, uh, a diagram of, of um, all the different um, options um, that you have, the different paths um, that you can um, take. Um, so, kind of, kind of a uh, graph of, of um, the of the possible interactions and um, results. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially in an interactive story, yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's um, very, very important um, to have such a thing. But I think in in most skills, it doesn't hurt uh, if you have um, such a graphical um, representation. And I mean, um, there are lots and lots of um, um, prototyping tools out there um, that allow you to do such a such a map and um, to to um, get yourself an overview of um, how um, yeah mm -hmm. the schematics um, of your skill are. Which, which prototyping tools, if you were going to recommend some, which which ones would you recommend? Google presentation. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I really don't actually um, use um, any um, prototyping tool. <clears throat> I um, typically find um, there's too much overhead, um, but but I'm a developer. Um, I mean, um, I know what what's um, happening in my skill, and um, I can take full control of it. And um, I would need the schematics only to as a, as a visual aid, and not um, to actually to try out how that interaction um, would be. Um, so uh, yeah, it's um, just for me drawing rectangles and, and um, arrows is um, good enough um, for uh, yeah. for my. Do you use any prototyping tools, Dustin, or do you kind of what, what what's your kind of approach? I will sketch it out by hand. Actually, I've tried some prototyping tools online. Uh, and they're useful, but I don't think anything's better than getting out a piece of paper and a pen and, and drawing it out there. Uh, I, I'm like Florian that I like to get into the code as quickly as possible. So yeah. building out a, a huge flow before I do that is just keeping me from what I'm really enjoying doing. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, cool. So going back to the um, some of the techniques for developing interactive stories, then we'll we'll kind of we'll cover one or two more maybe, and then we can kind of talk about building games in, in general. One of the things that I really was interested in when I read the article that you did on um, the the recipe for creating a, a voice first interactive story was all about the kind of choosing the point of view and the 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 narrative and how you kind of where you place people in the story. Can you tell us a little bit about choosing your point of view and, and, and what you mean by that? Ah, yes, that, that's, a, that's a great topic. Um, and, 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 and this is also something that is, um, has um, value um, that is, um, also goes beyond interactive um, stories. Um, because um, with a lot, uh, in every game, um, you have a certain um, point of view. Um, you have... Um, basically, a narrator um, that tells you um, the story <clears throat> and introduces um, you to the game world, um, and you have an actor. Um, and um, yeah, um, there are there are different um, configurations of um, how that um, might be. Um, so, in the uh, um, typical um, interactive um, story game, um, the, um, the act the actor. 
um, would be you. <coughs> um, oh no, the, well, you're, you're always in charge of um, the actor. Um, but um, you have an actor within the game world, so you wake up at the beach. Um, do you want to um, follow the beach or do you want to go um, to the forest? Then um, the actor is in the game world, the narrator is um, somewhere abstract, he's not in the game world, um, but um, observing it, and you're outside and making decisions um, for um, the, um, the actor. This is kind of um, the, the typical um, configuration um, between the two that you have in most games. Um, if you're the uh, if you're in the article, um, that's the, the one I've, uh, that is described on the top. Um, but there are some um, ways where you can switch um, this interaction um, that make it uh, more interesting. Um, for example, um, there are very few of these. Um, you can make Alexa um, both the narrator and um, the um, actor. Um, so, for example, oh, hey, <clears throat> I'm in a locked room. Please tell me what I should do. Um, and you tell Alexa um, what, what she needs to do um, to get out. Uh, this provides um, a um, really different um, perspective and a um, really refreshing um, way to tell a story. And quite quite sort of engaging. That, what you just said there would kind of bring me closer to the the game, if you know what I mean. It would feel as though you were genuinely trying to help, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, true. Um, and then there, there is another perspective or point of view um, that I really like, which is um, that Alexa or the, or the narrator, but um, typically it's Alexa, is um, also a character in the story that's accompanying you. Um, and um, yeah, you're kind of, uh, it's the two of you, that this is the perspective um, that the magic door, for example, has. Um, there. Um, there's you and Alexa um, going um, um, this um, adventure together. In the Magic Door, Alexa doesn't have much of a character, uh, um, but um, there are others um, where um, she's really uh, um, yeah, <clears throat> doing a lot of her own and uh, um, uh, feeling free to comment on a lot of um, what you do. And there might be even some situations where you are separated um, from, uh, um, from uh, um, Alexa. Like, um, Need, need to rescue her out or uh, need to do without her and uh, yeah this um, really opens up uh, um, or, um, a lot of um, possibilities of uh, how you can um, create uh, or immerse um, players more in your game but even also if you if you're doing a, um, a trivia quiz skill um, you could also use um, such a perspective like uh, um, like, oh no um, they're asking me a question again Okay, Alexa, which uh, um, answer do you want to make? Please help me. Should I um, answer A, B, or C? <laughs> yeah, so you can, yeah, it's quite, it's interesting that. So you can actually play around with, because I think the challenge with, with voice and with voice games is that it's, it's all about the environment, isn't it? And creating an immersive environment. You can do that with, you know, visual kind of things if you if you're playing a visual game where you are a character and the character's in on the screen and it's in an environment it's very easy to kind of understand where it is and what's happening whereas with voice yeah. presumably that's a lot harder so that seems like a way that you can shape the environment and the characters that are within it is by changing that narrative kind of point isn't it absolutely yeah wicked so that's 
some of the uh, tips and some of the kind of things for, for developing an interactive story in terms of understanding where your decision trees are, um, having potentially different routes down to different endings, or you can have kind of fake decisions that take people through to this to similar points and, and having more of a kind of linear kind of approach. <clears throat> and then we've sort of discussed um, a little bit about... Um, some of the narration side of stuff uh, and, and how you can frame things slightly differently and, and put the player in, in, a, in a slightly different kind of um, position. What are some of the... what? Let's kind of take it to from interactive stories to voice games in general, and there's lots of different types. You've mentioned some of the card mm-hmm. games that, that you've kind of developed and we've got the fact ones and the quiz ones, the interactive stories. What is the... Well, in fact, I was going to say the process, but let's talk about the... We've kind of talked about some of the process. Um, let's talk a little bit about the um, tech stack that you use when you're developing these kind of games. So what sort of tools do you use to um, create the games that you've been working on um well we already mentioned google presentations right mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um well i think i use um uh, pretty much a vanilla um tech uh, tech um stack um, um there are some people out there who are using uh, microsoft assure and, and um, stuff well i um worked with um lambda um, I mean, um, at least um, for um, productive life skills. Um, as a development environment, I do it um, locally um, with a local webhook. And obviously, um, I'm um, using Jovo um, as a um, are you um, Node.js, um, the Jovo framework, um, to um, yeah to write the skill in. Um, yeah, and and for. For those who haven't heard of Jovo, uh, one, you should listen to the previous episode where we speak with uh, Zan from uh, Jovo. But uh, tell us quickly, why do you use Jovo? Why should someone use Jovo? Um, well, um, there are three um, good reasons um, to do so. Um, one is this, um, the, the obvious um, uh, benefit um, or uh, yeah, the, the unique selling position of Jovo is um, that you can have um, just um, write the code once, um, then you can use it as a backend um, for both um, your Alexa skill and um, an action on Google. Um, so um, if I, uh, for example, with um, uh, my game that I'm currently um, developing, is if, if it works well on Alexa, um, then um, I might um, um, want to publish it on uh, um, uh, um, Google as well. And then um, it's really um, easy to do so. Um, I mean, uh, um, Jovo not only provides um, this um, JavaScript um, framework um, for um, writing the backend, but also a command line interface um, that allows you to transform um, the language model um, or take the language model that you've created for your Alexa skill and transform it um, into a language model um, that is um, compatible with uh, what's it called, dialogue flow. I never um, developed in, in Google Action so far, um, honestly. Um, but um, this um, really makes it um, totally easy. Um, and another um, big advantage of um, Jovo is um, that um, their framework has a lot of um, syntactical candy. 
Yeah, maybe if you want. Um, so it's really easy um, to um, develop with that one. I mean, um, the um, Alexa Skill Kit is also um, decent. Um, I mean, I can't complain. Um, I was um, developing a Mau Mau um, with the Alexa Skill Kit um, framework. Um, but, um, well, yeah, um, Jobo is very community driven. Um, and um, they, um, this um, platform really develops um, quickly and it is driven by the, the requests um, that we get um, from the users. And um, um, yeah, we were also developing um, skills ourselves and um, yeah, using the, um, this developer experience we're getting here um, to um, write, uh, to, to shape the framework in such a way um, that it um, serves um, a voice app developer best. So, Florian, you, you mentioned that by the time this podcast comes out, you will be working at Jovo. What yeah. are you going to be doing for them? Uh, um, great question. Thanks for asking it. Um, so, um, I'll be basically uh, managing um, customer projects. Um, I mean, it's uh, um, we're a startup, um, so I'll probably um, end up um, doing um, all kinds of things, including community management, um, a bit of it. Um, but uh, my main focus um, will be uh, um, yeah, um, managing um, customer projects basically end to end, um, mainly as a developer um, and uh, maybe designer in some case, but, um, which is about what I'm really super excited about because I haven't been trained as a software developer and, and um, now um, the experience that I have um, from um, nine months of building Alexa skills and chatbots um, really enables me to have um, this, um, this position, this, um, what I'm extremely happy about. Um, yeah, but then I'll also um, do some uh, stuff um, that goes beyond um, development, um, being in touch with customers and uh, um, yeah, um, figuring out um, the business side of it. Um, so it will be a pretty diverse um, kind of job. Yeah, on that note, you mentioned uh, this will be your first developer job. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been doing this for, for months now. What would you recommend for others who wanted to get into building voice games who maybe aren't developers or just haven't worked with voice before? You would, which um, software or um, what do you mean? How would you, how did you go about learning this skill? How did uh, you go about learning how to build voice games? So if someone else wanted to, to run with it and they said, hey, Florian, what do I do? What's, what would you tell them? Ah, yeah, yeah, that, that's a really great question. Um, well, I, um, Amazon um, provided some excellent um, um, introduction to um, introductory uh, material um, about it. Um, so um, I um, started um, out um, at their website and their um, GitHub repository, and it was really well documented and um, gave a really head start. Um, um, about um, the whole concept of how skill works and um, how um, it's um, it is how the backend is connected um, to the device and how everything is processed. Um, and um, Joe, we also have a, a great um, documentation about how to use our framework and how um, the internal workings of it are. Um, so if if you um, up for for learning it, um, there are. Um, um, lots of breadcrumbs everywhere along the way that, that um, take you um, each step um, along the way. Um, but um, it um, totally doesn't help um, to um, attend um, one of the um, 
developer days that Alexa is um, holding every now and then. Um, I did this and I developed Alexa skills before, but um, this was really kind of another boost or push um, that I got. Um, got a lot of um, great ideas. Actually, I got my idea for Mau Mau and for the use case of, of elderly people um, at um, such an event. Um, really good. Cool. We'll put the links to those. Um the Jovo documentation, the um, where people can find out about those Alexa developer days, um, and also the, the, we'll link to the, the Amazon website as well. There's a lot of guidance on there, isn't there, for people um, getting started. Fantastic. So what we'll do, Florian, we will uh, we'll link to all of the articles that you've that we've spoke about in this in this whole podcast. We'll put all of your links to Medium in there. But where can where where else can people kind of can find you online, and where could people kind of tap you up if wanted to learn a little bit more about you? Um. Well, I'm mostly active on Twitter, um, and um, on Medium. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Um. This is um. Yeah. This is where I where I push my articles. I'm not in Facebook. Um. And um. Of, of course, I am um, kind of in LinkedIn and the, um, the German platform Xing, but. Not really active there, um, so um, Twitter is really um, the best place um, to catch me. Cool. What's your What's yeah. your Twitter handle? Florian um, Holland. Uh, um, Holland with double L and DT uh, in the end. Fantastic. Wicked. Well, thank you very much, Florian, for joining us. That's been absolutely interesting. That that's been really, really good. I think we had a, a really good mix and overview of of kind of looking at the the whole kind of game platform the whole game space for people who aren't really aware of it and then also some technical stuff and some design stuff I think there was quite quite a few different layers going on there that was really really good thanks very much for, for joining us well thank you very much for having me um, I really look um, forward to more of the, um, quality games and into, uh, more uh, um, being on the market and more um, developers um, getting active in this field um, yeah I think there are there are exciting times ahead of us Indeed, indeed. And cheers, Dustin. Cheers for joining us again. Yes. Thank you very much, Florian.